You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Pepsi. Thanks to a natural lack of athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the fantastic Kate Majuk. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at FF Ballblast. Kate, week two is here. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I had a great week one. I had an, uh, just, I did, I, I did. I, I hate to brag, but I had a really good week one. So I'm feeling, feeling good. I'm sure it'll all come crashing to a halt in week two. Lots of dynasty news. There's lots of injuries, lots of stuff going on. Uh, it's a busy time for Dynasty. This is you know, typically the, the time of the year where you get a lot of trades. People are looking to move some guys on your roster. Uh, and we're going to go over a bunch of those in just a second. But we first need to talk about some big injury news since the last time that we've done the podcast. Um, Michael Thomas has a high ankle sprain. Apparently, it's worse than we thought. Uh, we know that those high ankle sprains can linger from you know four to six weeks. Oftentimes, players just never are the same. Uh, so how does this impact Michael Thomas? How does this impact Drew Brees? Um, do we expect this? To- I think that we need to be uh, cautious just in general with Michael Thomas. Like you said, this is a, an injury that can linger. Um, you know, we've seen plenty of players uh, sustain a high ankle sprain. And uh, like uh, Joe Mixon from last season, he he suffered a high ankle sprain early on in the season. Um, didn't quite look himself until after the bye week. Uh, saw Saquon Barkley last season. It, even the elites are not um, are not exempt from the effects of this injury lingering long term. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's super interesting. So Michael Thomas, he has been uh, obviously Drew Brees' right hand man. Do you realize the last time that Drew Brees played without Michael Thomas was Week 14 of 2016? <laughs> That's a while ago. That that's was when a Brandon long Cooks time was there, right? Ago. Yeah, that's Brandon Cooks' time. Yeah, so in it, oh, that like that's a long time ago, and even uh, you know Breeze has missed time himself, but Michael Thomas has been consistently on the field. Um, you know, in that one game without Michael Thomas, Drew Breeze had two hundred. 57 passing yards, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. Yikes! Yikes! yikes compared. Yikes. Compared to his season-long average of 330 passing yards, 2.5 touchdowns, and 0.8 interceptions per game. So, is that a coincidence? Uh, I don't know. I mean, luckily, though, he gets the Raiders' defense this week in Week 2, so I think he'll be okay. I'm not too worried about Drew Brees. But for the long term, Mm -hmm. you know, against some of these better teams, it it could be worrisome if you are starting Drew Brees or if he's one of your flex quarterbacks in a two-quarterback league. It, It does make me a little bit nervous. Now, who do you think gets the biggest boost? So obviously there's so many different pass catchers in this offense who are capable of stepping up into that role. Uh, Manny Sanders, I think, is is an interesting one because uh, he didn't have a, a, a jaw-dropping stat line. I think he had like something like 15 yards. He had a touchdown, but 
I think uh, watching the game, he made a few more plays. Uh, he had a touchdown called back. There were there were just a few different things that I think could have swung his way in a fantasy uh, relevant fashion. But who who gets the biggest benefit from this with mm. Alvin Kamara, all these different guys, Traquan Smith? Yeah, I mean, it's probably Emmanuel Sanders. I think Sanders had a, you know, he saved his fantasy day with a touchdown last week. Uh, but for me, it's probably Alvin Kamara, right? They're probably just going to run the ball more. They're probably going to try to screen teams to death. It, it, it's probably just uh, an uptick in volume for Kamara. I, I'm not sure if it's going to make anybody, I don't think it's going to turn anybody into a top, you know, 20 fantasy receiver. I don't think it's going to make Jared Cook a top five tight end this year. He Drew Brees is so good about spreading out the targets to everybody except for Michael Thomas. So I expect kind of more of the same, right? It, but if I had to guess of one player that is going to get a little bit more uh, uptick in usage, it's probably Kamara, right? I, you know, I'm actually putting my stock in Jared Cook. He had a great week one, six <clears throat> targets, five receptions, 80 yards. Uh, actually ranked six in yards per route run on the week per PFF. Um, he was actually on the field he was he was running a good amount of routes so I like that that potential and um, I mean the the one bomb he caught it was like a 40 yard pass down the field looked fantastic and I I think you know they've really demonstrated Mm -hmm. just a nice and natural chemistry so I think uh, we might see Jared Cook and probably the top three tight ends on this week but uh, he might be a, an interesting buy in dynasty leagues for some of those win now teams. Get rid of maybe a, a future third round pick, send it for Jared Goff and or Jared Goff. Oh, you could probably do that <laughs> as well. Cook. I mean, that's probably fine. Teams are pretty- <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it'd probably be a great trade. Um, send it over for Jared Cook, and you probably have a startable tight end all season long as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some recent trades for Michael mm. Thomas. So these trades are courtesy of Dynasty League Football. Uh, be sure to check out their website. They've got lots of awesome tools to help you with your dynasty leagues. Uh, friends, friends of the show, Ryan McDowell, yeah. helping us out there. Um, so recent trades for Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas for Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Williams, and a 2022 first. What do we think? Yeah, so this one probably all comes down to what you think about Juju long term. Do you think he stays in Pittsburgh? Do you think he goes to a situation where... Um, you know, he's the bona fide number one receiver, like the Jets, potentially. I'm probably still sticking with Michael Thomas. I think I love Juju. I don't love Mike Williams as much, and that first round pick is so far away. I'm probably siding with Thomas, and, you know, he's got a long term contract there in New Orleans. I, I think I would just stay with uh, MT there. What would you do? So I would stay with MT, but it, for argument's sake, if you are in the middle of a giant blow up your team rebuild situation does the the second package change your mind at all a little bit right i mean i do think juju is going to have a long-term value here i think he's only what 23 years old um mike he's a little baby yeah and mike mike williams doesn't do a ton for me but it's that first round pick um being able to have that in your back pocket to, to flip it for a young player or potentially draft somebody it's not bad and the thing is you know, by 2022, the team that you're getting that pick from could look entirely different, right? They could go from a contender to a mid-leveling team. So when you have a first-round pick that that's that far away, um, it's, it's never too, too bad. But again, I probably would stay with Thomas here. 
All right, let's do one more for Michael Thomas. We've got Michael Thomas for Woods, Galladay, and David Montgomery. So you get two wide receivers, both of whom uh, you know easily have top fifteen uh, potential, and then you get running back David Montgomery, who was a first round pick in twenty nineteen rookie drafts. Um, we haven't seen a lot from no. David Montgomery, but what do you what do you think in in uh, the way this is broken down? I like this one better. Um, I think Kenny Galladay, when he when he gets back on the field, is going to remind everybody that why he's a top ten, top twelve, you know, dynasty asset at receiver. Uh, Matt Stafford is healthy, and he's going to put up some huge numbers. Robert Woods, we saw in Week One, all that guy does is produce, and even if it's at you know just a, a wide receiver two level, he's somebody you feel really confident about having on your team. And David Montgomery, I, I don't know what to think. So, Kate, you might have to help me out on this one. I didn't love David Montgomery coming out of Iowa State. I thought he kind of lacked juice. He does, doesn't have a lot of speed. To me, that just seems like somebody who's always going to be part of a committee and who, you know, a team is always going to be looking to replace. So, for me in this trade, he doesn't offer a lot of long-term value. But I'm open to, to being flexible on this one. What, what do you think about Montgomery here? Montgomery is an interesting guy because he was somebody that I feel like was was valued uh, much higher in the the pre-draft process. And then he sort of just fell off. We thought he might have some upside in a uh, Matt Nagy offense, but it seems like that has uh, also gone gone to the wayside. Um, When I'm looking at these guys, you know, from a a long term perspective, I'm thinking, do they have the the physical traits to to withstand, you know, maybe a bad team? No, he does not. Um, is he on a good offense? No, he is not. And do I see him as a, a long-term answer for a franchise? I don't. So I think unless you're looking at you know a, a volume play or uh, somebody you're acquiring for you know a, he's got to be worth what a second now, yeah. If that, yeah. So already in a year we've seen his value drop by a full round. Uh, to me, this just seems like it's not the perfect comp, but the, the Carlos Hyde of the NFL, right? He's going to bounce around a bunch of teams. They're going to like him because he can, you know, he can uh, carry the load. He can pass protect. He can do a little bit of his as a receiver. But I just don't envision any team allowing him be, to be a workhorse back. And that, you know, basically locks him into a an upside of an RB2 at best. Uh, and to me, I just don't think that's a that's enough right there for Uh, Michael Thomas. Um, Let's take a break so we can tell you guys about Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by our names, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. Okay, Kate, uh, there's been some big running back news this week. uh, And let's start with Jonathan Taylor. We talked about him a little bit on our Monday podcast, um, but I want to look at some potential trades for Jonathan Taylor because uh, I, I've got him in a couple dynasty leagues. I know I've been offered a bunch of trades right now. Uh, so we're going to look at ones that have actually been completed uh, from DL, DLF. Um, and let's start with this one. Jonathan Taylor in a 2021 third 
for Josh Jacobs in a 2021 first round or 2022 first round pick. Uh, which side of that are you on? I am all over Josh Jacobs in the 2022 first. And I'm actually shocked because Jonathan Taylor is uh, just he's so talented mm. and we've seen so much out of him uh, in his collegiate career. But you know what? I don't think we've seen uh, enough from him on the NFL football field uh, in order to give up Josh Jacobs, who's already proven so much. He was so valuable last season and he was playing with a broken shoulder. Uh, he's already shown a, a higher propensity to be used in the passing game this season. Uh, you know, he had a season high uh, in receiving or sorry, game high receiving yards, mm-hmm. uh, game high in targets. He was more involved this this past week. I, I think that's super encouraging. Jonathan Taylor, I'm I love him, but yeah. again, it's sort of the the Naeem Hines factor that's sort of nagging in my head. He's not a long term threat by any means, but um, I, I'd rather just take Jacobs and in a first round pick get a, a maybe a chance at a another Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And like you had mentioned earlier, when the pick is that far out, you, you sort of mentioned it in the, the reverse way, but just think, you know, if you're getting that, that 2022 first from a, um, you know, a contender, maybe they, they fall into the, the early draft picks and suddenly possible, you yeah. have yourself an early 2022 first. What I like about this trade is that these running backs are somewhat similar, right? They're both on teams that want to run the ball. Uh, I think they both play behind two of the better you know, offensive lines in all of football. Um, the only difference I have here is it seems like Naheem Hines is going to be more involved in the passing game than what Jalen Richard will be with the Raiders. Um, and it's also worth pointing out that Josh Jacobs has played 14 games in the NFL. He's over 1,400 total yards in those in those 14 games, 10 touchdowns. We already know that he's a stud. We know the, that he's on a team that wants to run the ball, that wants to feed him. In this case, you're really looking at two similar type of players on in two similar situations. Uh, and it's, you know, do I want an extra first-round pick two years from now or do I want a third-round pick uh, next year? Give me the first round pick. Give me the guy that's proven. Uh, you know, both both really good players. Uh, but I like Jacobs here. All right, let's get yeah. to another one. Uh, this one, I all think. Right, is, let's yeah, try. Go ahead. All right, let's try Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor for stud running back Saquon Barkley. This one's super interesting to me because it sort of it teeters that threshold. Like what? What is Saquon really worth? We saw him total what? I think it was uh, seven yards this past week <laughs> uh, on Monday Night Football against the Steelers defense. Um, he's still obviously Saquon Barkley, but just how high are you willing to go? And I think this is pretty high. Uh, maybe this Nick Chubb owner is a little bit worried about the uh, the possibility of Kareem Hunt uh, coming in and, and stealing some of that turf, but... I, I've got to go with Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor here. Yeah, I think uh, I agree. Now, I can I can see a scenario where a team is a little bit worried, like you mentioned about Chubb, you know, Kareem Hunt gobbling up all the receptions. And the same for thing for Jonathan Taylor, right? They just think, you know, Saquon Barkley, yes, he's on a team with a bad offensive line, but he's being coached by Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator there, who really isn't into split backfields at all. They're going to feed Saquon Barkley. you got to believe there's going to be better matchups coming, you know, instead of that Pittsburgh defense, which, you know, just absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. Uh, 
But in this case, it's two super stud running backs in Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor for a slightly studier running back in Saquon <laughs> Barkley. Uh, give me Chubb and Taylor. Studier. I really studier. like that word. I'm going to start incorporating <laughs> that into my everyday life. Uh, man. All right, let's get to another one. How about Alvin Kamara and Chase Claypool for Jonathan Taylor and Jerry Judy? Oh, the Steelers fan of me is is dying inside. <laughs> I <laughs> I might actually roll with. Uh, I hate to say it. I might roll with Alvin Kamara and Chase really? Claypool. Okay, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you on this one a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead and give me your reasoning behind that one. Alvin Kamara, first of all, is Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, we saw him go up against a, a Tampa Bay defense this week. Didn't even produce much on the ground. Still walked away with two touchdowns. He's just such a, a safe asset. And uh, the floor is so high for him. Uh, the ceiling is so high for him. I just think he's he's a perennial top five running back. And um, I, I think he can continue to have that sort of production, even in a post-Drew Brees era. Um Chase Claypool is a guy that I just love and I think is so, so underrated. Um, he dominated, dominated the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, you know, he, young guy out of Notre Dame, um, ran a sub 445, the 40-yard dash. His best comp uh, from the NFL combine was Calvin Johnson. <laughs> Calvin Johnson. That, like, I, and I know we can't get too far into comps, but um, he was able to uh, produce some some nice plays in Notre Dame, and now he comes into uh, Pittsburgh, where the you know questionable situation lies at quarterback, you know maybe for the future. But um, he's a guy that we've heard such great things about from camp, and we saw it immediately on Monday Night Football. He had one of the like best catches I think I could have ever projected him to have as a. Uh, the first catch of his rookie season. Um, so much awareness. You like if, if you guys haven't seen this catch, you got to go. I don't know, YouTube it or NFL Game uh, Pass. There you go. NFL Game Pass, baby. Sponsor. Yeah, you got to got to <laughs> check the play out. Um, he had a beautiful bomb from Ben Roethlisberger right on the the edge of the sideline there, and he had such great field awareness. Um, you know, it, this toe drag swag. It was just so so on the edge of that that field um and i think that just shows you that that veteran um you know like almost a veteran mindset Mm. that to have that sort of uh keen awareness in your first nfl game on your first nfl reception uh to be that aware of the sideline and and you know be that cognizant of your feet and focused i just think I love everything about Chase Claypool. As you say that, I could see the uh, the yellow and black coming out as you're you're talking about Chase Claypool there. But Ugh. this one's really easy for me, Kate. Listen, who is a better dynasty asset right now, Jonathan Taylor or Alvin Kamara, in your mind? In my mind, Alvin Kamara. How close is it? It's got to be pretty close, right? Within a couple spots, at least. It's it's pretty close. Um, but what gives Alvin Kamara the edge for me? Um, you know, it, even if we're looking at sort of uh, wear and tear, we know that Jonathan Taylor has a ton of miles on his tires mm-hmm. uh, just from his college use. Alvin Kamara, he's definitely one of those guys that doesn't necessarily uh, take quite as many of those like hits up the middle because he's he's used in such a way that, you know, he's used as a receiver. He uh, saves some miles that way. But what I like about Alvin Kamara is I've already seen his ceiling. And it's very high. It's true. Um, 
I think Jonathan Taylor's ceiling theoretically is just as high, but I haven't seen it. All right, that's fair. Now, it, to me, it comes down to that Claypool and Jerry Judy. And listen, you said all the right things about Claypool. There's a lot to be excited about there. Um, but you, you failed to mention a couple guys there, right? In Pittsburgh, there's about three receivers blocking him before he's the number one passing target on that offense. Juju Smith-Schuster, who we've already talked about now, he's a free... He's out of town. Well, I'm calling my shot yeah. now. He is out of town in the 2021 season. Which is fair. Now, they also have Deontay Johnson, who received the most targets in that Pittsburgh passing offense in week one. Uh, James Washington scored. We know that he's going to be a factor on the outside. So Claypool is fighting still to get targets in that offense. And we'll see what the long-term impact is of Ben Roethlisberger, how long he's around there. I just think Judy's a better player. He's in a he's in a young offense uh, with a young quarterback. I think people are drafting him, you know, in the first round of rookie drafts this year. Uh, he's a super stud coming out of Alabama. I, I just like Judy's opportunity a little bit better than Claypool, and I think the running backs are close enough where I'm just going to take um, I'm going to take Judy. Um, I think it's fair. And you know what? I think the fact that we were able to discuss this trade for that long says a lot about the trade itself and that it's it's not a bad trade. And it might be for one of these teams where if you want to compete right now, go get Kamara. You know his role is locked in. Uh, Taylor's maybe more of a long-term play, even though he does have value uh, for the rest of the season. Um, one more quick thing here before we take a bit break. Uh, we saw, man, this is turning into a Steelers show. We saw <laughs> Benny Snell break out on Monday Night Football when James Conner went down with an injury. Now, it doesn't appear that Conner's going to be out too long. It looks like just a mild ankle sprain. Uh, but Mike Tomlin did open the door to, you know, have Benny Snell potentially be the starter or even uh, work in with James Conner once he's back. Uh, we were kind of scouring the, the trade market for Benny Snell offers over the last couple of days. It seems like the most common trade right now is Benny Snell for a 2021 second round pick. We've seen that a bunch. Kate, is that something you would be interested in doing if you're uh, looking to acquire Snell? I think it is. And you know what? It's so unfortunate to have this conversation this early on because was it last week that we were just talking about acquiring James Conner? James Conner. Yeah, yeah. uh, that hurts. Like, But you know what? You have to be fluid uh, with your dynasty teams. And uh, this just goes to show you that, you know, these these high value backup running backs are so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, Benny smells a guy that has has definitely improved his physique over the past season. Um, in the off season, they they say that um, you know he's he's made some improvements and he definitely showed it on the field. Um, you know Connor wasn't able to get much done before his injury. Uh, then we saw Snell come in and kind of uh, dominate. He was yep. one of three running backs to have a, a hundred rushing yards. That's incredible. Um, I think this is a pretty easy move because I, I think we've seen we can't trust on the the health of James Conner, unfortunately. And we know that James Conner is a free agent after this season. I, I actually kind of expect him to come back because I just don't think a lot of teams are going to offer him big money. Uh, he's from the Pittsburgh area. Um, so I, I just think that he's probably going to stick around. But again, would not be surprising at all if Benny Snell became that workhorse back this year and beyond. Again, only on his second year of a four-year contract. Um, I think he's going to maintain some value uh, over the next couple seasons. All right, let's take a quick break so we can tell you about NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. 
You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays, and you can see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game and every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass, NFL game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many, many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archives. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Okay, Kate, so uh, a lot of my Dynasty teams are in trouble this week. Uh, I've got some <laughs> some Chris Godwin, some Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay, all on the same roster. Uh, so Yikes. I could be in some injury trouble, and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you guys are in the same situation. Uh, so we made a list of about five guys that you could plug in your lineups this week that are likely available on your waiver wire that could help get you through the next couple weeks. Um, so, all right, Kate, give us some flyers this week. Now, these guys aren't, my guys are not necessarily waiver wire guys, but they are players that you might have stashed at the bottom of your bench. Mm. Um, it, or, you know, even guys that you can make a, a low ball offer for that you might be able to just see sort of step into that role with production. My first go-to is Paris Campbell, um, like tied this week. T.Y. Hilton with nine targets, led the team in receiving yards. He looks really healthy. Um, over the next two weeks, he gets the Vikings, who hmm. uh, just gave up everything and anything uh, on Sunday to Aaron Rodgers. And then we got the Jets, who I don't think can stop much outside of the run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they allowed the second and third most yards to the wide receiver position in week one, respectively. I think that... Um, you know, he's a guy that we sort of forgot about. He was such a high value asset in dynasty. He was going around, uh, you know, in, in his respective draft was, I think being taken around the one Oh six, one Oh seven in rookie drafts, but he was injured to start his entire rookie season. And, uh, he's fallen to the wayside. So you've got Phillip rivers. there, willing to, to, you know, throw the ball more aggressively down the field, I'll take my shot on Paris Campbell in a couple of good matchups. Can, I want to add one little quick note there about Campbell. Um, in week two, he plays the Vikings, as you mentioned. Uh, he's going to be matched up against Cameron Dantzler, the, the rookie cornerback from Mississippi State, who ran a 4.64 at the NFL Combine. Uh, one of Campbell's best traits is his speed. You know, this is a 4.3 guy. I think that could be a, a big mismatch. A good call there on Paris Campbell. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look bad. So, uh, I would not be surprised if he ends up this game, you know, 75 yards on five or six receptions and maybe a touchdown. I think that's a good call. Uh, give me another one. Who else do you are you thinking about playing this week? All right. This one doesn't actually feel as good as Paris Campbell does, <laughs> but I'm going to roll with Marquez Valdez-Scantling of the Green Bay Packers. Um, they get the Lions secondary in week two, and they were not able to stop Mitch Trubisky from coming back and sniping the win right from under their feet. Mitch Trubisky. That's that's all Mitch, I, right. It's Mitch Trubisky. Miss Mitch Trubadsky. Yeah. <laughs> that like he is truly bad and yes. he was able to come back and win the game. That's how bad. Uh now we get MVS who, you know, I'm I'm not much of a believer in buying into the uh myth of the wide receiver two in Green Bay, because I just don't think it's a thing. 
But we did see Aaron Rodgers target MVS down the field, uh, led the team in average depth of target this week. I uh, saw six targets, which is is a decent mm-hmm. share. Um, and we saw sort of, you know, a, a return to form for Aaron Rodgers, which we haven't seen that that version, that pass heavy, um, you know, playmaker. And I feel like over a year now. So it was nice to see that again. It's good to know that guy's still in there. So, um, you know, if, if you're looking to shoot your shot, why not have it be a guy with Aaron Rodgers that uh, might be able to dominate that secondary? Oh, that's a good call. Um, I'll give you another one. Uh, I like Danny Amendola this week. Whenever Amendola's played with Matt Stafford, he's produced at least some flex-worthy numbers, uh, you know, in PPR leagues. Um, you know, week one, five catches for 81 yards, uh, you know, 13 points in PPR leagues. Uh, that was against the Chicago defense. He's plays Green Bay here in week two. Um, Green Bay slot options aren't great. A lot of times they'll use Darnell Savage, who is a safety uh, I'm not expecting a huge day for Amendola, but if you're looking for somebody to get you 10, 11, 12 points on a flex play, uh, I don't think he's a bad option. Uh, I'll give you one more. Devontae Booker in in with the Las Vegas Raiders. If you're banged up at running back, um, Booker was at least involved. He's the clear-cut number two running back there. Uh, he was three for 23 in the receiving game. He actually looked pretty good as a runner. Uh, now, this, this matchup is tough against the Saints, uh, but that could call for even more targets in the passing game. So Devontae Booker, not a bad option if you need a, you know, a real deep guy at, at the running back position. All right, All right I'm going to give you one, say, one more one flyer. More. Yep. All right, Kendrick Bourne of the 49ers. It. Uh, it sounds disgusting, I know, but bear with me, folks. Uh, you're looking at an offense that has plenty of opportunity in the receiving game right now. We have George Kittle down with an injury. Uh, Brandon Ayuk probably out for this game uh you've got Dante Pettis who hasn't shown us much um you know I I think there's a lot of opportunity for a potential touchdown for Kendrick Bourne at the very least uh finished last week with uh five fantasy points not the worst but he did have two targets in the end zone which I think is is exciting and um he's been one of these guys that though he's never been uh, much of a yardage guy. He's he's usually walked away from the season with uh, a few touchdowns. Last year, five touchdowns, four touchdowns the year before. Why not this week? Love it. Uh, yeah, when you're looking for some of those deep flex plays, you just want a guy that can get you some points and has a, a shot at scoring a touchdown because if he can get in the end zone once, it'll salvage a day You know, in fantasy. And sometimes you just, you just don't want to take a zero and Kendrick Bourne going to start, going to play in a good offense. Uh, it's a good name. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at Locked on Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy week two. We will be back on Monday to wrap up all the action. Football is back.